Hey guys, Abdullah here, and this is a special episode of Yesterday's Capers. I've got a real treat for you guys just before Christmas, and it's a, an interview with the singer Stephanie De Sykes. Stephanie De Sykes was one of the uh, singers on the Bertha soundtrack. If you remember, back in the summertime, we did a, an episode talking all about this brilliant cartoon, and Stephanie De Sykes was a big, big part of that with her lovely singing and yeah it's one of those where i wanted to talk to her for the longest time and thankfully we managed to uh, chop it up and uh, talk all about bertha talking all about music and everything in between she's a great singer this was a, a wonderful conversation and sit back relax and enjoy Thank you, thank you so much for uh, talking to me and uh, agreeing to do this. I just wanted to um, tell you as well because, like, when me and my brother-in-law did the the podcast, it was one of those things where we loved the theme tune, and it was like, oh my god, we just hope the the TV show like kind of backs it up in terms of the theme song, and it definitely did. And like the music throughout in Bertha was just so wholesome so incredible and you have got one hell of a voice man you oh, really no, I, you not really... anymore i don't i can't <laughs> sing anymore i got the dreaded nodules many years ago so um I, I haven't sung for many years but i enjoyed doing what i did back then so i'm very grateful for that yeah. opportunity yeah happy days they were really happy days i, I can I, I can imagine i mean I think we should um, take it back. So if you could tell me like what growing up was like and if you were watching any like cartoons or, or TV shows and what were your favorites? Blimey, well, I'm so old that uh, when I was growing up, I, we didn't have a television. I, I initially lived in a little, a tiny village in Essex and all the children gathered together to go to walk to the end of the village to see the first television aerial that went up because somebody obviously had got a television installed. It was that exciting. Although my grandparents had a television and funnily enough, my earliest memory um, of television happens to be of a Tom and Jerry cartoon, which I, I remember I saw on my grandparents' uh, TV, little t TV set back. That'll be very early 50s, I guess, maybe 50, 51, something like that. Nice. And you, but I'm we, guessing you were a big fan of Tom and Jerry then? Well, obviously, I was a tiny child and <laughs> I thought it was the most wonderful thing I'd ever seen. I probably hadn't ever been to the pictures at that stage either. So, I mean, it was a, it would have looked like pure magic to me. And because um, yeah. I think with Tom and Jerry as well, it's really good because you can kind of like um, watch it with different sort of generations. So like, I know, like I love Tom and Jerry, like my mom liked it, like my grandma when she was alive, she oh, yeah. loved Tom and Jerry. It's one of those where you can kind of watch it with all the generations and, and things like that. So it's totally timeless. Absolutely. Mind you, my son was obsessed from a very early age with Disney and uh he still is. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think, uh, yeah, exactly. A lot of these things just don't change at all. They just stick with you. So you probably like could 
like remember like when um some of the early disney stuff came out then so like i think cinderella came out in the 50s and sleeping beauty i think as well yeah i'm trying to think uh what would i have seen to tell you the truth abs we had no money my my family we, we were very poor so going to the cinema was not a thing my son asked me the other day what what because I said, we got a takeaway, a ta uh, had, had a takeaway delivered. And he said, you know, what did you have delivered in those days? And I said, there weren't deliveries. And in fact, we never ate out. In fact, once a year for a treat, we'd have fish and chips, you know? So things were very different then. I'm sorry to sound like a little old lady, but no. it's, it's the truth. It Don't is be the daft. truth. I can, I can relate to that in terms of like having a takeaway like once in a blue moon and it's yeah. been like the biggest treat in the world because it's like yeah. away from the norm. And I think you mentioned Essex. So whereabouts in Essex did you grow up? In the end, I grew up in a new town called Harlow. Oh, okay. Um, so I know Harlow, yeah. Do you? Yeah. So that was where I moved there. I think I had my seventh birthday there. So that's where I spent the rest of my life into adulthood until I moved away as a grown-up. Um, and uh, we, we were very lucky there because we had a cinema. We had, eventually we had a theatre because it was a very modern town. So uh, it, it was a huge improvement. It was lovely. And in terms of music, how did you get started with, with all of that? Ah, well, it was always around because my, my mother's father had been a silent movie pianist. So he could have told you some stories, couldn't he? Because his, <laughs> his, his job was just to turn up at the cinema and a film would be put on. He wouldn't know anything about it and he'd just have to play. And he'd play right the way through according to, you know, what the mood of the scene was. And, and uh, if anybody ever asked him to play any of it again, he'd say, well, I don't know what I did, you know. <laughs> um, so, and my mother played and, and wrote songs as well. So music was always there and I always did it. I learned piano um, and I never thought of being a singer at all. In fact, my passion was drama. I, I belonged to the local Amdram Society and drama was my thing. And that was what I wanted to pursue. And it was funny listening to um, the Bertha song, well, a couple of the Bertha songs, um, they had a bit of talking at the front and I thought, ah, oh, that was me calling on my old acting experience. <laughs> that, that helped. <laughs> and then the music, the, the, the singing happened by accident, really. It was, you know, one of those things where you take something for granted. It's just something you can do and it never occurs to you to actually do it professionally. But it yeah. happened and you know i wanted to um ask you this because i i remember interviewing someone who was a musician but i never really got the uh, the chance to ask him this particular question so like in terms of how you kind of see the music industry today because obviously you've you've got like the the advent of things like x factor and 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 and, and, and talent shows and things like that and obviously you've got social media as well to kind of build up a, a following and and an interest so in terms of how you were first coming up as a singer compared to like someone now, how do you kind of compare? And also, would you prefer the way you did it? Or would you kind of want the whole like coming in through like social media and, and television and kind of having that sort of quick 
five minute buzz and then kind of coming out again? Or It's a good question. It's a really interesting one. So first of all, um, we did have talent shows. Okay. And in fact, my stumbling across from acting to singing happened because of a talent show. Okay. Um, a, tele a television talent show because I had a theatrical agent who I used to help out sometimes when his secretary couldn't, you know, she was on holiday or something and I, I studied shorthand and typing. And so I used to do a secretarial work and one Friday um, he said, what are you doing this weekend? And I said, oh, I, I sing with the local dance band to make a bit of extra money. And he said, well, I, I didn't know you could sing, which is not very good for a theatrical agent. So he said, Huey Green's a friend of mine. I'll get him to audition you for Opportunity Knocks. And that was big in those days. Opportunity Knocks was the big talent show. And so I got called in for an audition. I got in, I, I got to perform on Opportunity Knocks. I didn't win, but one person from Pi Records wrote to me. And in those days, letters had stamps on the envelopes, you know? <laughs> and he wrote and said, look, I don't know if I can be of any help to you. I'm not very old and I'm not very big in Pi Records, but I could introduce you to a few people because I thought you were good. And indeed he did. And God bless him, I'm, I'm eternally grateful to him. And um, somebody said to me, somebody that I was introduced to said, can you read music? And I could, because I'd learn piano. And he said, would you like to do a session? And I said, I'd love to do a session. And that was the beginning of it. So really, I can't complain about how things were. And in truth, I think the fact that I was able to cut my teeth fairly anonymously, make my mistakes without them being plastered all over the media. And, you know, I think that was a good thing. I feel very sorry for these kids who get up there and maybe make a mistake, maybe not at the audition stage, maybe actually get through, maybe even win. And then it's like they get attacked. I, I, I don't like that. I was very lucky. I was able to do it very quietly and learn my trade gradually. So I've got no complaints at all. Yeah, because I think like with, with X Factor in particular, like it's kind of like you're thrusted into this limelight and you might not even be ready for all of that. And then exactly. you, you, you get given so much because you're on TV every Saturday, every Saturday, every Saturday. And then once it's all over, you're kind of left to kind of fend for yourself and you haven't been given any experience or like mentoring or coaching or kind of ease you in and slowly and surely. So I think the way you've kind of described it, that sounds amazing. I was very fortunate. They were great days and, and, my singer friends with whom I did sessions all the time and I talk about this often uh, we just say how lucky we were back then there were there were so many opportunities and of course that's even not taking into account Covid you know which has put the kibosh on the few opportunities to expand uh, their 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 abilities and their repertoires that they already had it's it's heartbreaking to see and no live gigs you know we could do live gigs you know um it's all changed i hope it changes back to a degree for them because uh we were very lucky 
Absolutely. And in terms of music, like who would you say like your favorite artists? Oh Lord. Well, I seem to have a thing, always seem to have preferred mostly listening to female singers. So I love uh, Janice Ian, I love Kinky D, Dionne Warwick, uh, that sort of thing. I like proper singers, you know. Um, and I, I sit there listening to them thinking, oh, I wish I could have sung like that, you know, because they're just so damn good, uh, really good. I mean, I do, I do like... Um, I do like some male singers as well, but I I find myself sounding like my parents used to sound. I don't get modern music at all. I, I just occasionally something will grab me, but very rarely. Do you know what I feel but I, exactly but that's how it's the same? To be, Ab. No, I feel exactly. Really. I, no, no, I really do. I really do. Like in terms of like modern, like top forty music. If you like showed me the list. I could probably pick out maybe with one hand the songs on that list. I couldn't even tell you. Oh, you're making me feel a lot better now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm telling the truth. Like I look at it and it's like, I don't, I don't. It's, it's like I, I do feel like they don't make them like how I remember growing up, or and even like with my kind of sort of music that I like. I like older artists as well. So like, I do like the Beatles. I like Simon oh, and Garfunkel. Yes. I like um, Billy Joel. It's stuff like yes. classic stuff. Like it's you just don't make them like that. And obviously, I'm quite a big um, hip hop fan. And like in terms of like rap music, when I was growing up compared to now, it's not the same. I feel exactly. I, I'm looking at it, the the charts now, and I'm like, I don't like this. I don't know him. I don't care about him. Stop it. Just turn it off, kind of thing. But you know what the truth is? The truth is you're not supposed to like it. Just because oh. our parents, my, my parents weren't supposed to like the music that I liked. We, we, as we grow up, we want, we want to have things that are ours. <laughs> that, and I used to get really cheesed off if, I, if there was a, a great record out and uh, I'd say to my mum, listen, this is great, isn't it? And she'd say, oh yeah, well, that was a, that was that song was written in the forties. That was a big hit when I was a girl, sung by so and so. And I used to get really cheesed off by that because I wanted things to be mine. I didn't want to share. <laughs> I didn't want to, <laughs> her to be able to claim any credit. You understand? So I think it's the way it's meant to be. That 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 is a, a brilliant way of looking at it, and and I totally get the logic of that. I really do. Yeah. And I don't know how old you are, but uh, I, well, I know I'm, my son I'm is 32. 42 and he, he already says that he doesn't. Well, <laughs> really? And I'm you're already losing, losing a grip on it. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, they'll just shrug your shoulders and let it be. <laughs> Somebody wants <laughs> it. <laughs> right. So let's, let's, let's talk about Bertha now. And you know talk about the beginning like how you initially got involved with uh with Bertha um it was Guy Fletcher used to uh was a great wonderful songwriter very successful he had a partner writing partner called Doug Flett and I recorded I certainly recorded one of their songs if not more and we knew each other we used to bump into each other at various functions and uh, he phoned me up one day and said, would you 
come along to, I've got a studio at my house. I'm trying to remember if it was Buckinghamshire or Hertfordshire. It was somewhere, it was very beautiful out in the country. And I turned up there and Brian Daly was there, God rest his soul. Um, and I knew that he'd done Postman Pat because my friend Ken Barry had, had been the voice of Postman Pat in the songs. And uh, we just had a lovely time that day. I just remember it was a, a lovely, jolly, jolly day. There were no hassles. And uh, I enjoyed having to, to do a little bit of, you know, talking stuff, as I said, going back to my acting roots and uh, putting on a, a slight, very, very hint of a Northern accent. It was nice to be able to just play with it and uh, develop this little character. Yeah. And so in terms of like Bertha, what would you say was your favorite part of being involved with, with, with Bertha? And what was the kind of the, the best thing about that show? I think the best thing was, was realizing that my little boys were fans of Bertha and, and uh, them getting excited and being able to say to them, much as my mother had said to me, oh yes, I know that song from the forties. I was able to say, oh, I sang that. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> but I think for when I, cause when we kind of covered it for, for, for my podcast, Yesterday's Capers, it was one of those where me and, and and my brother-in-law Paul like we had heard of 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 Bertha we had like heard of the show but like we didn't have really like a lot of memories of it like growing up in terms of when it came on TV and no. then it was kind of like watching it again with with fresh eyes almost when we we started watching it and covering it and it was one of those where it was so good and I think there was like 11 or 12 episodes and we were just like why didn't they make more I would have loved for it to to, to, to have there been more episodes. I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to imagine proper grown ups aged around thirty binge watching <laughs> Bertha. <laughs> it's it's the job, bizarre. isn't it? So no, it's, yeah, and, and and it was one of those where because because like we have done like shows that we have hated and thought oh my god why am I watching this this is such a chore yes but not with with Bertha because it was one of those where it was done I think in 1985 but still it was one of those where it was it was timeless in the sense that it was very well done we like my my brother-in-law he's obsessed with stop motion he absolutely loves it like loves the way it's done I mean we we understood that I'm sure like each episode takes forever to make in terms of putting it together and and the way it was back in 1985 but it was one of those where it was so well done we were like you know what we would love to work in Spottiswood uh, factory <laughs> we'd love to work there you know I could I would love to have a Mrs. Tup in my life we just bringing the teas and the cakes and, and there's a machine it, now. <laughs> the, the, the factories have machines. I don't think they have tea ladies with the <laughs> anymore. Yeah, it was just, it's just one of those where it was so just it was it was so well done. And I think when you put it up with its kind of like sort of peers and and and, and like contemporaries and like shows that are similar, so like Postman Pat, Fireman Sam, Joshua Jones, all those kind of shows that we've all talked about. Like when we say it with Bertha, like I want it to be 
in league with those programs because I, oh. I, in my heart of hearts, I believe it was as good as those shows, and I believe it should have had a lot longer uh, run than um, it, 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 it kind of got. Yes, I'd love to know the background to that. Um, and unfortunately, Brian Dale is no longer around, so he couldn't tell you. But uh, no, it, I just find it interesting that that two young men would be interested in in stop motion when you've been brought up on CGI. You'd think that you'd find it really primitive and irritating. No, I mean, I mean, we we've kind of agreed because I think when we did the Postman Pat in particular. When you saw the stop motion postman pat versus the newer modern CGI, it was like night and day in the sense that the old version was a million times better than anything you could do with CGI. CGI is so off-putting. There is a there's a realness and an authenticity about stop motion that you can you can get a thousand computers, a thousand graphics. You can never replicate replicate the authenticity. Of stop motion and because obviously i grew up with watching stop motion programming so i've kind of grown up with it and i've kind of taken that along with me and yeah. it's one of those where if i if i'm like if i see on youtube or something oh postman pat or even like noddy adventures in toyland i'm watching it in cgi and in, in hd and it's 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 one of those things where it's too well done if that makes any sense it's it's too no i do understand that it's too, too clinical yeah too clinical yeah 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 so you you've just become a sentimental old fool before your time <laughs> i think i have i think i think i'm already there it's like i don't care if i can see the strings on on uh, on uh, noddy or even like um rory on on birth i don't care if i see it it's real to well, me well funnily there you are you see because i've just remembered what i something else that i saw in the very early days of television and it would be muffin the mule which oh. was all strings it was all straight you could see the strings and andy pandy and the yeah. flower pop men and you could see the strings and and we children we didn't care we really didn't care at all. <laughs> because, it, because, because, because what the thing was, it's telling a story. So I can sit down and I, and, I, and, I, and I can watch it and I can see what's happening. And I think what one thing that producer Paul had said about Bertha, which I thought made sense, was that he goes that he kind of felt like it was um, almost a, a grown-up cartoon. Because you're obviously, it's set in a factory. It's set in a working environment. It's, yeah. You've got, you know... The, the characters people, are grown-ups. Yeah, yeah, the characters are grown-ups. You know, everybody's got a job to do to kind of maintain and keep the factory going, whether it's the people downstairs who are kind of manning the machines, whether it's the people upstairs, so the people in charge and things like that. So it was very like, you can see like, right, we've got work to do and we're, we're doing this, that and, and, and whatnot. And, but they always had their cup of tea and their bun to look forward to. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so what would you say is your favourite character from Bertha? Who, what character did you like the most? I, well, obviously, Mrs Tup. Yes. <laughs> of course. Of course, I did. I, also, I could identify with her. And, and in, in my secretarial days, I'd worked in factories. You know, I'd, I'd worked in the offices, but I'd been familiar with the factories. So it felt very familiar to me, very comfortable. And I'd look forward to the tea trolleys back in the day as well. <laughs> Definitely. You know what? I just had like this thing in my head where all it's saying is, 
Oh, the tea break. Lovely tea <laughs> break. I just got that in my head now for some reason. It's <laughs> got that in well, my head. Because you did. You'd, you'd, you'd get into work and, and that would be your next sort of, in your head, that would be the thing that you were aiming for. So if I get <laughs> this, this done and this done and this done, by then it should be 10.30 or 11 o'clock or whatever, and then the tea trolley should come round. Yes. And, and, and you'd smell it. In, in the distance, because there'd be coffee on the tree trolley as well, and you, you would smell it, and it, the smell would get stronger the closer the tea trolley got to where you were sitting. Yeah. Very exciting. Definitely. I've about that for years. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what would you say is your favourite song to from the album and your favourite song that you loved recording, that you had so much fun doing? I don't know why I enjoyed seeing Mrs... You know, the... the, the, the Mrs. Tup, she makes a cup of lovely fresh group tea. I don't know why, but that's the one I always remembered. Because when you're doing the sort of work that I was doing then, which is, you know, sometimes you were doing three sessions a day and you could be working five or six days a week. You you develop, your brain develops um, a system whereby you walk out of the studio and it's gone. It has to be, otherwise you'd go insane because you're going to have to sing another, another tune or two or three or four. Um, when you arrive at your next destination. But that one always stayed with me, which is a good sign, isn't it? But that was the one I always remembered. Absolutely. I mean, I I personally really like that song as well. Like, I remember watching the particular episode where I think someone had to have a bandage wrapped around their arm and then Mrs. Tup comes in with the with the tape and, and, and whatnot, and even with the trolley and you can hear the song and like playing it for the first time. And I literally remember messaging my brother-in-law going, you have to watch this episode. You have to listen to this song. And we were like, oh my, it's like, it's so wholesome. It's so nice and, 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 and lovely. Like it's just yes, one of totally those harmless. Where, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. for me, I think Tracy's robot song. Yeah, it's, a, it's is, good. Such a catchy little song. It is. It's a bit scary, actually, when you think about where, where we are with AI and, and robots and, and things. Um, it's, uh, uh, art reflecting the way life has become. But no, again, it was one of those other ones where, like, we've when we've when we've done like doing all these various shows that we've done. I think one of the things that me and my brother-in-law had kind of unanimously agreed on was that we, we never really liked shows that had like musical interludes for no reason. So like, for example, I think we were watching Barney, the, um, the dinosaur. Yes. And literally every two seconds, there would be someone going, right, I'm going to go outside. And then they sing a song about going outside. And then they're going back inside. They're going to sing a song about going back inside. <laughs> and it's like, it's just so, but then with Bertha, it complimented, the music complimented the TV show so well. It was like hand in hand. It kind of went with it. And it wasn't like a, an irritation when there'll be a musical interlude. It's like, you kind of, you're looking forward to it. Oh, what's going on here? They're going to build a, a talk operating machine called Tom. So, and then yes. Tracy's, you know, doing the, whole talking oh I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that yeah. I think I'm gonna call him T-O-M yes yeah. T-O-M <laughs> God you you know more you know that song better than I do <laughs> <laughs> I may I may or may not have had it on repeat 
for like <laughs> hundred times since we we did the uh, the 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 episode on uh, on uh, on a Bertha. But you know what? Like, isn't it nice? That is an incredible song as well. Because now that it's on YouTube and you'd mentioned it before, I was kind of like curious and intrigued by that song. But it's such a a nice, lovely song about you know the the people in the office bonding, playing cricket. And it was it's just such a, a again a, a lovely genuine genuine song that I thought this is a good album, good show kind of going hand in hand together. Yeah, and it's a good way to influence kids as well, talking about you know getting along with people, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And even like some of the stuff that Roy, I mean, yeah, that um Roy the Apprentice and um, Guy had sang. So like Roy the Apprentice, I really like that song. I Roy was probably one of you know my favorite characters on 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 Bertha as well. You know he's he's got the uh, ambitions kind of you know starting from the factory, so he wants to kind of work his way up to be where the the boss is. So I kind of yeah. like that um, whole thing as well. So yeah, teach the kids a bit of ambition. Yes, definitely. And, and we were saying that, you know, like if I was in that world, I would love to work in, like I said it to you before, like I would love to work in that factory. <laughs> it was, and, and I think, and I think as well, I don't know if you agree with this. So like my, again, my brother-in-law, producer Paul, he was saying that, um, you know, like how um, Top Gun, so you know the film Top Gun with um, course. Tom Cruise and, and whatnot. I think there was like a massive sort of like recruitment drive to kind of join the, um, the IRF or, or the army. He was saying that maybe Bertha might be like a really good uh, sort of recruiting tool to kind of get people to work in factories. And I was like, if that's the case, then I'll sign me up. I'd love to work <laughs> in a place like that where you're kind of talking to people. You've got like Nell and Flo who are doing the packing and the stacking. You've got Roy, who's the apprentice. You've got Tracy upstairs and you've got the, 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 the boss and, and everything that the way that that whole the whole thing was was set up. I thought, yes, sign me up, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Would you have time to do podcasts then? Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe in the tea break, I might uh, be yes. able to sneak Lovely a couple of lines in. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. And um, finally, I wanted to say, I think you've kind of maybe already answered this. So like, do you or did you watch lots of um, cartoons and TV shows with um, other family members or even like you were talking about your son? Did you? Yeah, I used to I used to watch some with, with, with my sons. Uh, but the only other thing is, of course, because I was I was uh, I was working, you know, I had a career. I mean, very often I would be grateful for programs like that. If I was at home, I'd be grateful for them to to keep the children occupied while I rushed around and prepared a meal that I, so that it was ready by the time I got back from work, that sort of thing. So um, probably didn't watch as much of it as I could have done, is the truth. Um, very often you would discover, it's quite bizarre really, my children would, would, would say um, they'd be, I mean, those, I'm going back to the days of album sleeves and, and records, but. They'd say, oh, mummy, you sang on, uh, I've, I've forgotten, there was one, was it, I wasn't, 
Bugsy Malone, I don't know, it was a film that, that, that really won. He said, one of my son said, you sang on this film, Bugsy Malone, or whatever it was. And I said, no, I didn't. Well, I did, you know, but I'd forgotten. But it was confusing because it was a track that we'd recorded with a band and then it had been seconded later to this movie, whatever the movie was. So you de one didn't know the link anyway, but there are frequent times when, when people write to me on Facebook and say, I really loved the way you sang on such and such. And I would write, I've often written back and said, look, I'm really sorry, but I didn't sing on that. And then they'll send me a link and I'll listen to it and I'll think, blimey, they're right, I did. <laughs> <laughs> It's a combination of, of having been very busy when young and now getting very ditzy when old. I mean, it's, 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 it's one of those things where I think you have a quite a distinct voice where I can kind of sort of listen to it and think, oh my God, that is definitely you singing. That's definitely your voice. And I know you were talking about saying that you wish you could sing as, 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 as good as those other singers. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's one of those where you, you, you in your own right, you, you are a very good singer and I'm sure if it was one of those where if you got back into it, even like as a small kind of thing, not like, you know, big gigs or whatever, if it was one of those where you're learning how to ride a bike sort of thing, I'm sure, I'm sure you could uh, belt out a couple of these, uh, of these songs of, of, of yours. I'm sure, I'm sure you well, could. Well, I think, this, I think it's only fair to leave it to the young ones, you know, to, <laughs> We had our opportunity, and I think it's only fair to leave it to, to the youngsters to, to carry on. It was, it was great. I was so fortunate, and I'm not, I, would, I would hate to be greedy. That's, 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 that's absolutely um, fair enough. And lastly, I just want to ask you, so, like, you know, obviously 2020 has just been the absolute worst year for, for, yeah. for, for everybody involved. And I just wanted to say, like, how, how, how are you doing? And... How are you kind of holding up and how, you know, looking forward to Christmas and what that might potentially look like? Absolutely. I'm doing just fine. I've, I've reached a stage in my life where I'm quite hermit-like anyway. I like to hunker down at home. I, I potter about pursuing my interests, most of which are fairly home-based anyway. Um, but... I do, I get very distressed on behalf of other people who aren't so fortunate. I was just saying to my son, just uh, before you and I spoke, I said, you know, we're so lucky that we're not having to go out and work in a hospital or in a shop or, you know, people are having to carry on out there. And then there are other people doing the job that I used to do who would like nothing more than to be able to go out and do their job, but they can't, you know, so... I'm afraid I'm I'm very fortunate, and and uh, it, my heart breaks for the, for people who are struggling with this. You know, uh, touch wood, my chances of catching it are pretty slim because I don't go out very much. Some people have no choice, and uh, I I can't see an end to it. Can you? I mean, unless you just got to hope these uh, vaccines kind of work out, really. And then obviously, you know, get it out to the people who, who, who definitely need it the most. Cause... Yeah, I just hope it, doesn't make, hope it doesn't make people get too sort of relaxed about yeah. social distancing and, and, and being sensible around it. 
But no, Stephanie, thank you so much for for talking to me. I think it's been a pleasure. One, one of my kind of reasons for doing a, a podcast, I kind of sort of came up with this idea was that I wanted to give like shows and actors and singers and people who are part of the show. I want to give them their flowers because I don't mm-hmm. think that there's a lot of podcasts or even like stuff out there that that would look back on certain TV shows and certain cartoons and think, you know what? they deserve their flowers. So this is me kind of saying, you know what, Stephanie, you you got a brilliant voice. You kind of made Bertha for me when you're singing about Mrs. Top or Tracy or Isn't It Nice? And I think you definitely deserve your, your flowers for that. Oh, thank you for the flowers, for the virtual flowers. I do appreciate it. <laughs> yes, I'm handing it to you virtually. So, uh, <laughs> Thank you. They smell lovely. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. And uh, I know it's two weeks till Christmas, so I can say, you know, have a wonderful Christmas and uh, New Year. And You too. You take it easy and stay very safe, please. Yes, you too, Stephanie. All right, my dear. All right, take care. And you. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. So there you have it, Stephanie De Sykes. And yeah, like I said, I'm really happy that I can give her her flowers I think that's what I want yesterday's capers to be really to give actors and actresses and TV shows their flowers because who else is gonna do it I'm looking around nobody's doing it ain't nobody giving Bertha its flowers and Stephanie de Sykes and Guy Fletcher their flowers the same with um, Tom Lowe and, and North and South when I spoke with him. It's, yeah, I just want to give people their flowers and I definitely want to do more of that in the coming months and, you know, beyond the new year and, and things like that. That is my uh, my big grand plan and hopefully I can see to it and, and get that done. And like I said, that's a great interview with Stephanie. She was wonderful to talk to and yeah i mean if you go and on youtube the entire bertha soundtrack is on there so i would definitely recommend you go and listen to it the songs are great the songs are wholesome it's for the whole family and yeah just give it a listen and give this a listen and also yesterday's capers because we're available wherever you get your podcast from give us a like give us a share subscribe comment let me know what you want to see and 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 all of those things and uh, you can follow me on the socials on instagram it's abdullah underscore molim on twitter it's abdullah molim all one word give me a holler give me a shout and yeah join us next time for yesterday's capers